back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host. Yes. And bestie. Not comedian. No, not comedian. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's got to laugh. Oh, yeah, that's the easy part. <laughs> yeah, okay, it is. Well, we're here today for our 24th episode of the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. Yeah. So we are cranking them out. We are. Like little content crankers that we are. Just crank them out. And our topic for today is true crime and why women love it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm guilty, <laughs> guilty. of that. <laughs> yes. I am. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a sponsor. We have two sponsors, actually, for this podcast. And who are they, Catherine? Muffin and Pooh. Our par husbands. Yes. Ron and Kenny. Yay. Yeah. They're great guys. They are. And they do sponsor the podcast because they are very supportive of everything that we do. And uh, right now we're still sort of plugging along with the pandemic in terms of our ministry slash job slash career hasn't opened up just yet. Mm, we're know. still kind of waiting for those things to open up fully, but it's going to happen. Yeah, it has to. Yeah. Can't stay like this forever. No, because that wouldn't be living. Right. <laughs> no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's going to, it's it's going to happen. Well, a takeaways for today's podcast. Today, friends, we're going to go over the five reasons, and we're gonna, we've are going we got five little reasons why women love true crime, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So the takeaway from it is just going to be, I guess you're just not going to feel bad about yourself for watching true crime because <laughs> you're not alone, <laughs> right? Yeah. I think that's a very good takeaway. It because is. Because I, I, I do think that some people, myself included, kind of go back and forth on, ooh, is this wrong? I mean, there, this affects people who have been victimized, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. So. Right. And speaking of the victims of true crime, we do have a call to action as well. And our call to action is coming at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned mm-hmm. and don't don't skip out now. Yeah. And just stay hang to with, the end. Hang with us <laughs> and we're going to give you a fantastic call to action um, in regards to praying for these victims and yeah. families. So let's let's dive in, Catherine, with this true crime. Mm-hmm. And so this comes from an article. The I mean, we researched a whole ton of stuff. There's so bunch. much stuff out there about yeah. true crime. But it all circled back to five main reasons why women in particular, because women are the bulk of the audience that listen to or watch crime, true crime uh, stories. Yes. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Because we are... I don't know what makes us drawn to it so much, but that's what these... So so this comes from the BBC. Mm-hmm. What does that stand for? Uh, British. British Broadcasting Corporation. Oh, I knew she would know because of your connections to <laughs> sure England. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this comes from the BBC, and the article is titled... And we're going to link this in the show notes yeah. so that you can read the article for yourself because we're not going to read the whole article. Mm-hmm. But the article is called True Crime, Five Reasons Why Women, Women Love it. it. Yeah. So the first reason is fear of crime. Yeah. We all have uh, more of a fear than men do of of being yeah. somehow attacked. Right. Overtaken. Yeah. Exactly. Bonked on the head and That's dragged right. away. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. All kinds of horrible things. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, how many times have you walked out of a building with your keys ready to go? Many. <laughs> to whack somebody. Yes. And um, I don't have any mace, but do you know how many times I've thought about getting it? <laughs> because of uh, because of being a woman. Do you know what my sister told me? And she, So my brother, my, oh, let me back up. Our brother has a daughter who's a young woman. Mm-hmm. And so he's building her like basically like a club to whack an intruder with oh i have one in my car okay well Mm -hmm. here's the thing my sister so we're on this this thread this texting thread my brother's like oh i'm building this club it's part joke part you know part your brother right (laughs) and then my sister says wasp spray i mean she, (gasps) she has wasp spray as a defense genius yes and you know why 20 feet away baby that stuff shoots out 20 feet it does yes so you just spray your uh, your perpetrator with wasp spray oh my gosh good one kelly i know wow she's so smart i'm gonna get one (laughs) good i'm getting some wasp spray too i think it's more accessible isn't it than mace well that's what you go to get mace i it's probably cheaper and mace probably is wasp spray in some manner or form right it's some sort of a thing that pepper spray makes people run away yeah if you get sprayed with wasp spray in your face it's not gonna feel good. Yeah, it's gonna burn. Yeah. So wasp spray. So that's a tip. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm actually excited about that. I know. Of course, I I don't like to have bulky things in my car, but and you can't really carry around a can every time you're walking. But well, maybe you could get a, a travel size version. Wasp spray? I have no idea. <laughs> it's for one wasp. Well, I know you could get a little one of DEET, like mosquito spray. That's not gonna work though. No, you've got to get the wasp spray. Oh. Well, let's get some. And then okay. we'll we'll try to remember to report back to our listeners about the wasp spray. Okay. But why not? Why not have it on hand? Better yeah. to have it and not need it than mm-hmm. need it and not have it. There you go. I've always I'm up with those I quippy know. little things. Mm-hmm. All right. So fear of crime. What else? Yes, we're women, so we're vulnerable. Yeah. We're weaker than, you know, the weaker sex, whatever, mm-hmm. physically and blah, blah, blah. Right. I think we if we... Overall, I think we feel that if we learn about it, we can sort of prevent it. It's really not true. Right. But I think that um, according to a lot of the research that I did, that that was a, um, uh, one of the big reasons is that women just deep down, they kind of feel that they, it's like a self-preservation thing. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's um, some kind of protection tips and things like that they feel like they're, they're they they can understand or not understand but learn how different women are attacked or, or things like that or victimized and then they try to think of ways that they can avoid it. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hook up with a guy like that i'm not gonna well, do look this what we just talked about the wasp spray because we're instantly <laughs> like i want to prevent oh my anything gosh. from happening yeah exactly <laughs> exactly well yeah. and i think that you know, at least I was raised with the mantra of knowledge is power, you know, yes. knowledge is power. Right. So if you educate yourself about whatever the threats are mm-hmm. and then you try to, you know, eliminate the threat. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of too like a like a comforting illusion of control. You know, illusion is the operative word there. Yeah. Because mm. it's really not. No. <laughs> A measure of control. Right. But yeah, if it makes us feel better psychologically, 
mm-hmm. then then that's that. Right. All right. Anything else about fear before we move on to number two? Um, I don't think so. All right. The second one in this article is compassion for victims. Mm-hmm. Women have more compassion for for things in general. Mm-hmm. I think we do. Yeah. And so our compassion for victims gives us the um, desire to learn about what they went through mm-hmm. so we can have more compassion on them. Yeah, I think so, too. I think in a way I give myself permission to watch things like this because of the compassion component to it. So when I see, you know, when they're interviewing um, mm-hmm. the victim's family and so forth and mm-hmm. they're um they're grieving yeah and we as women do have more compassion than men do i think well not i think but that's what studies show mm-hmm. so definitely there's a a psychological thing going on there yeah okay uh, the number three of mm-hmm. the five reasons why women love true crime number three and this one's an interesting one is a fascination with motives Oh, for sure. Now, I could say that that is something that has intrigued me since I was really young, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and it starts out with like the stories you tell around a campfire mm-hmm. or um, slumber parties, things like that. And um, you start wonder about what makes this perpetrator tick. Yeah. What ticks him off? I think that's probably why the Ted Bundy story became so popular. You know, he was yes. this unassuming, handsome, young, articulate, intelligent human being. Yeah. Not the boogeyman at all. Exactly. And so then you've got to ask yourself the question, why? Yes. Why would this person kill all these other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And didn't he kind of... Uh, ring them in by saying it a broken arm or so, yeah. like he, something some kind of injury yeah and so he would lure lure women in by that he needed help yeah and women have compassion right so they so, want to help mm-hmm. and he didn't seem like a threat right oh, <laughs> both t- <laughs> we did we both went oh, mm-hmm. at the same time yeah yeah it's it's um i did watch the ted bundy series i did too on netflix Mm -hmm. and it was disturbing oh very very much so disturbing Mm -hmm. all right so we've talked about women having um a fear of of being victims and then having compassion for the victims and also having a fascination with motives yeah and you know one of the things about motives is it it leads to the next one. The, the next one is puzzles. So, yeah. yeah. So the BBC says that women love to work out puzzles. Yeah. And so it is. It's it's sort of like everybody likes a story. Yeah. Every story has a big conflict. Mm-hmm. In this case, it would be the crime, right. whatever crime is being committed. Mm-hmm. And then a good story also has a resolution to the conflict mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. where most of these at least the ones like on Dateline and 48 Hours, most of the time the perpetrator has been caught and they are, they're on trial. Justice. Yeah, and, and they're going back and forth on the who done it and whatever. And half the time when I watch those kinds of programs, I think they, they're guilty, they did it, you know, or whatever, and then it goes the other way. Yeah, 
Which they do that to keep us to the end. Yes, they do. Yeah. And we feel like armchair detectives. Yeah. When we're watching it. You know, on some of the shows, like Unsolved Mysteries or ones where there isn't uh, someone who's been brought to justice, uh, that's part of it. That we feel like we might be able to figure it out before the authorities do. Or, you know... Right. There is that sense of solving the puzzle. And every good story has a protagonist and an antagonist. Yes. So you know who the antagonist is. Mm -hmm. Now you're rooting for the protagonist, which, you know, are the people trying to solve the crime and bring that person to justice. Yeah. So it's it's sort of like it's storytelling on steroids. Yeah. Because we know this to be true about stories. Mm -hmm. The truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. You can't make this stuff up. You wouldn't want, well, well Stephen King makes I me guess, cringe. Well, there's a lot of uh, actually women authors that write uh, mysteries and murder, mayhem and murder stories. I think it's mostly women. Yeah, and I'm sure that they, like, I'm not a fan of that genre yeah. of reading, but I'm sure that once you get sucked in, now you're in the rabbit hole. Like, mm-hmm. and I know that would be my, like, if I was invested in a story, mm-hmm. so now I've got all the characters in my head, I know who's who and what's what, mm-hmm. now I'm in. Yeah. Now I've got to know. I know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. That's probably why I stay away from a lot of that so that I'm not just constantly sitting in front of whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. So so we love puzzles to work out. And the fifth reason that women love true crime, according to this article, mm-hmm. is escapism. Yes. So what do you have to say about that, Catherine? Well, I have a lot to say about that. Uh, it's definitely true for me. Um, I think that... With my own life, whatever is troubling me, yeah. whatever is distracting me, whatever is uh, bringing me down, I there's something about when you get home in the evening, okay, <laughs> <laughs> and you just kind of want to escape, and it, it, it's kind of sad, and I feel I feel a little vulnerable admitting this that part of my downtime involves other people's tragedies, and uh. No, I'm not alone because it is 80% of uh, the audiences of true crime stories are women. Yeah. And in fact, we're going to talk about this uh, little video. You mean 80% of the audience is women? Yeah, didn't I say? Well, I wasn't quite sure if you meant like that the stories of true crime are about women or you. you, So you're talking about 80% 80%. of those who consume true crime as a content are women. Are women. That's a big percentage. 75 to 80%. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like I said, I'm not, I'm not alone in that, but think that there's this sense of we're in the the safety of our home and we're Mm -hmm. a little disconnected uh, from these people from the victims and also from the perpetrator right and so um we're kind of like i said just disconnected and yet connected and um and i don't know how we're connected but (laughs) Uh, it is an escapism. Well, so, th- oh, go ahead. Finish. No, you go ahead. Well, the other thing that I was just thinking about is there's shows on that ID channel. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I forget what the ID stands for. Investigative discovery or yes. something like that. Yeah. Okay. I see titles when, when I'm scrolling through like mm-hmm. the guide of mm-hmm. what to watch. And the title will say something like murderer next door. Yeah. That right there, just the title. 
Like, you know, how well do you really know your next door neighbors? And could there be a murderer living next door? Yeah. And then they tell the story about this person who was straight laced accountant, you know, so every I dotted, every T crossed, whatever. Mm. And they stabbed their whole family or whatever. Yeah. That to me, it is an escapism, but but then it fires off on all those other like the fascination with motive and trying to figure out why did they do that? What made them snap? Yeah, it's a shock value. I mean, there's, you know, we're so shocked. Like, even though you would think that um, we're, well, we talked about this before, being desensitized. Yeah. But over and over again, I am shocked. Yeah, but we live in a culture today in 2021 that is quite different from, let's say, 1980, right? Mm. So if you think back to where you were in 1980, were you like in elementary school or junior high, something like that? Mm -hmm. So I was in eighth grade in 1980 Mm -hmm. we did not have we still had crime there was a lot of crime Mm -hmm. in 1980 Mm -hmm. but we didn't have these documentaries that were so accessible 24 hours a day we didn't have TiVo we didn't have you know Netflix we didn't have the internet we did we didn't have access to these platforms stories yes the platforms and the stories and today you add podcasting to that right Mm -hmm. I, I mean you really have like a tsunami of content yeah that is out there just for the consumption and look what happened during the pandemic mm, right right exactly so you shut down the country the world basically was broken right people are jobless we're stuck in our homes right sitting on the couch and what are you are gonna do going to? escapism tiger king <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was like it skyrocketed i mean all the stars lined up for tiger king which is such a bizarre story did you watch that? i did not watch any of of it it? no did kenny watch it no what neither one of us and kenny would just get sucked in episode (laughs) one he'd be like yeah you know it's crazy i mean we did watch we definitely watched true crime stories Mm -hmm. but we just were not interested in that particular one even though the entire world was i read something about somebody in india said that it brought their country (laughs) together when they were all (laughs) like you know coming apart yeah right well, I didn't want to get into it, but I watched a couple episodes and now I'm like, this is too weird for me to not know mm. what is going on here. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the it's even hard to describe verbally hmm. all of the different elements of that story. That would be one that would be difficult to make up. You know, that that's an okay. example in my mind mm-hmm. of the truth is stranger than fiction. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can recall you were telling me about it here and there yeah. when you were watching it. Yeah, and so then you eventually you have the rabbit hole effect. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and, right? Right. And then you're in the rabbit hole. So Catherine showed me before we came on to record a YouTube video from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Tell, tell them about the video. Oh, my goodness. It pretty much sums up uh, women in particular yeah. and their attraction to true crime and what they do during uh, their viewing of right. the true crime <laughs> and what they do after, like after they watch it, then they are listening to it, the same story right, on, on a, a podcast. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So the the um, story goes, or re- rather the video goes, where uh, Nick Jonas plays this husband and he's going to go out and he says to his wife, what are you going to do? And she's like, oh, I'll just catch up on some work. And then he leaves. She's like, oh, he's gone. <laughs> and she puts on crew, uh, uh, crew, true crime right. stories. 
and it goes from there and it's a rhyming song and it it really hit home with me. It's quite funny. So we'll it, it we'll link it in the show notes and yeah. you can watch the video yourself and just chuckle along. Yeah. I mean, SNL, they, they were better back in the 80s, but they, they come they up with some good stuff. They come up with some, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and Catherine's own daughter has a true crime podcast. Tell our listeners That's about right. your daughter's podcast. So my daughter, Emily, and her friend, Casey, they have a true crime podcast called A Sprinkle of... Uh, murder sugar sugar (laughs) a sprinkle of sugar a dash of murder yes that's it (laughs) yes it is sorry emily (laughs) whoopsies and and well it's unique it's a unique spin on true crime and so tell tell our audience how they do their episodes week to week well what uh emily does some research and then she presents it to her friend casey on the podcast and then casey typically doesn't know what Emily is going to say. Only a few clues, enough to uh, inform her on what kind of thing she's going to bake. Because what Casey does, what she adds to the the podcast as a co-host, is um, not only a listening ear and some feedback, but also she'll make something or bake something that's kind of tied in one way or another to the story. Whether it's like a regional thing or whatever. And that's what I love about the creativity of here's true crime and baking. Why not? Yeah. And they and actually combine that in the SNL thing, remember when she do. she brought the cupcakes out at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One gal's on the couch eating pizza while Yeah. So the 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 thing about the video is half of them are distracted by other tasks that right. they're doing while right. they're watching it cuz it's their downtime. But yes, Emily and Casey's podcast is good. It's clean. And, it uh, is. Yeah. Because there's a lot of um, true crime podcasts out there that there's a lot of uh, unsavory kind of talk. Well, yeah. And that's kind of understandable in a way because true crime is really unsavory stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, eh. <laughs> so tune in to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder with Casey and Emily and they they drop a podcast every week Mondays I believe okay and yeah, so and they've Mondays. been at it for quite a while so they've got a whole bunch of um episodes that you could binge on if yeah. you're looking for something interesting to listen to and they're best they're besties as well mm-hmm. they've been besties since they were in preschool Real little yeah uh not preschool but kindergarten is when they became friends yeah so mm-hmm. five years old that's pretty young mm-hmm and yeah. they grew up together, and um, we're both friends with their with their parents. Yep. We've been in church together, so 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 they have that benefit of the bestie connection. Yeah, you know, yeah, so it's kind do. of fun. Speaking of Emily, she also wanted me to mention because we she and I were talking about um, what I asked her if she had anything yes, to contribute right. to the podcast, and and uh, we talked about women being fascinated even in uh, like a hundred years ago. For example, the Lizzie Borden case. Yes. So in the Lizzie Borden case, in the courtroom, it was packed with women. They couldn't get enough of it. And then in a podcast that Emily and Casey did. I forgot the name of the podcast, but it was a, um, oh my goodness, I feel so bad, Emily, I forgot the name of it. But anyway, one of her their episodes, mm-hmm. they, they discuss this um, scenario where women attended the, not the courtroom, but just like they showed up at something where the uh, 
criminal was going to be, you know, like I don't a, even know. Well, they actually. had public executions all the time. They did. It might and have been something would come like out that. For that. Yeah, and the women came out in droves, and then this in droves, and then this uh, reverend criticized the women for, for for showing up. Yeah, that they were not ladylike and so forth. And one of the husbands spoke out uh, out against this and wrote an article that no, these these women want justice. Right. They have compassion for the victim and and uh anyway it was a really good uh thing to point out about the reason why women attend these things yeah and you can i i didn't look into it for this particular episode but i know that it did exist in terms of public executions Mm -hmm. beheadings burning at the stake um you know hangings yeah it was something along those lines so obviously this Mm -hmm. isn't in recent recent history but you can you can go back and look at all that like yeah there always has been a fascination with justice Mm -hmm. um and with the story behind whatever happened like the lizzie borden thing wasn't Mm -hmm. she the one who lizzie borden grabbed an axe gave her parents 40 Mm -hmm. wax or was it her husband yeah she killed her husband it was her her parents. parents Yeah, I think one was a step parent, and it was something about you know whether or not she was going to inherit the um, yeah. estate and greed, greed her and her sister had Ugh. in regards to the the estate. We're a mess, people. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. We're all sinners. We're all a mess. Human yeah. human nature. You know that plays into this. It's just it like looking at what what is it about human nature that could create basically a monster. You know, yeah. that's really monstrous behavior, obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to inflict that kind of pain and suffering and torture to an individual. And then the rippling effect of that, yeah. because there's no victimless crime. Every crime has right. multiple victims that's right. who are for one, you know, before the crime, they're one way. And then after the crime, they're a different way. Yeah. And that is a very sad fact. It is. Of this world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fascinating. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we've left off that we wanted to share with our listeners? No, not that I can think of. Other than, you know, I just want to add to that, you know, talking about why are we, not yeah. just women, but people overall, uh, why are we drawn to these kinds of things? And it's it's kind of like it's hard to look away from a train wreck. It is. So it's it like the down. gaper's delay. You know, you see, mm-hmm. uh, you see something going on. You're like, what's happening? Yeah. Mm. I guess I'm saying that because I'm trying to convince myself there's nothing wrong with me, (laughs) you know, watching these things. Yeah. And so so we mentioned earlier in the podcast that we were going to ask you to pray Mm -hmm. for victims and for their families. And we do believe that that's very important. And um, so it's it is okay, Catherine. It Mm -hmm. is okay to watch true crime, to consume true crime, a podcast or on TV or Netflix or whatever. When you do it, pray for the people that have been hurt by it. Definitely. And pray for the perpetrators that they will reform and and stop doing those things. Yeah, repent. Yes. And and I think also um, pray for healing to come into the hearts of the, the families. Absolutely. Because, boy, that'd be a hard one to forgive mm-hmm. and to let go. Yeah. You know, I would think bitterness and resentment toward the person who inflicted so much pain on your whole family Yeah, would be hard to let go of. I think it's hard for them to let go, too, when these things are being aired. 
mm-hmm. though. Right. Whether it is on a podcast or on television, Netflix, whatever. Right. It's it's uh, really hard for them, I'm sure. And uh, they're being victimized all over again. And it's very painful for them. I would imagine so. that it would be. I mean, I don't know because I haven't been in that situation. But let's let's be mindful of that. Absolutely. And then the other thing that we talked about bringing to our listeners at the end of the podcast here, as far as spiritual inspiration, is for us to also be mindful mm-hmm. of putting the Lord first. That's right. Putting the Lord first. Because it, let's say, for example, that you love true crime, you're addicted to true crime, you can't get enough of it, whatever. Maybe you need to take a step back from that. And take a look at, well, how can I make sure that I'm putting the Lord first in all things Mm -hmm. in life? And so the scripture verse that we came up with um, to share is from Matthew. It's chapter 22, verse 37. And I don't have it pulled up. I forgot. So let me pull it up. 30, oh, 22, 37. Okay, 22, 37. Sorry for the clickety-clack. Click, don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this is Jesus, and he, it says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. Your mind, yeah. All of your mind. And so what does that look like for us? I think that the spiritual disciplines have got to come into every believer's life, and you have to carve out time in your week for prayer. Mm-hmm. Every week, mm-hmm. every day, every week, whatever, you've got to carve out time for prayer. And if you can get together with a buddy or two or five yeah. and pray, Catherine and I are in a prayer group every Wednesday at eight o'clock. And right now, how many people are in our group right now? Five. Five. There's five of us right now. We've had as many as just two, just the two of us mm-hmm. or or six. We've gone like two to six yeah. and, and we've done it for many years, like yeah. eight, nine years, something like that. Hard to believe. It's a I lot of years. Yeah. yeah. And it's a consistent thing. I mean, there are some times when we can't meet for whatever reason. Yeah. But um, it helps a ton. It does. It, it helps a ton. So so prayer in your life is so important. And then, of course, having the word in your life. Right. Because that command, love the Lord with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul strength, mm-hmm. um, and most of all your mind, it takes, you have to be intentional yeah. and spend time with him. Uh, like you, like we're just saying, right. Because it doesn't come natural. No. Our need is natural, but, uh, we do, we have to be intentional. Yeah. It's more than just balance. I was thinking earlier how, you know, if we're watching these things, we have, or listening to these things, we have to have balance. It's more than balance though. Yeah. You have to put the Lord first. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So ways that you can get the word, the Bible into your life. There's so many ways out there. That's, I mean, technology is great in so many respects Mm -hmm. and challenging in other respects, but for sure you can go to church every Sunday, Mm -hmm. right? And you get the word every Sunday. There's a a sermon Mm -hmm. that's preached about the word. And if you can't be there in person, you can find sermons online. online. So you've got that. Then you could get into a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get into a physical Bible study with other people, um, then you can join one online. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. So please, friends, if you're listening to us, if you can hear my voice, um, do that. Be, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and all your strength, and do it by being intentional with prayer and the word and being in, you know, in relationship also with other believers. Yeah. And you're going to grow. So then you're going to be equipped to do everything. That's right. All right. Anything else? No. What's our next episode on, Tracy? next episode number 25, which will be coming up next week, is on personal safety, (laughs) (laughs) self-defense. Ties right in. A.K.A. wasp spray. (laughs) Hashtag wasp spray. Yeah, it does tie right in. And we're going to talk about how not to be a target. Right? We can't prevent everything, but Mm -hmm. it's just not possible. No. But we can try. We can try. We can lock the doors. Catherine. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll do now. Yeah, good. Yeah. We'll talk about that next week. Yes. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Life Happens Laugh, Laugh anyway, anyway podcast. And I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm still Catherine. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.